0: Welcome back to this week's episode of Unbranded with Miss Dean Loves You. I'm your host, Susie Dean. I'm so excited. Today we got to sit down with the debt-free CEO, Megan Mendez. I've been following Megan for years and years and it was such a fun, easy conversation, which honestly I knew was going to happen. Megan is a former teacher former high school math teacher, and she is now a business owner entrepreneur and is working to help as many people as she can go debt free and reach financial freedom. I spoke to her about her own experience with getting into debt, what it was like choosing to pay off debt, how she figured out a way to do that with her husband, how she and him had to overcome a couple of roadblocks in their way to financial freedom and being debt-free, and why it's important to be debt-free. Today, we talked about all things ranging from motherhood, my crystal addiction, her husband's bubble tea addiction, and it was just a freaking party. Oh, and did you know that not everybody walks around with their ginormous spectra breast pump when they're breast pumping and having to do things around the house because I thought I was just being efficient but apparently I was doing the exact opposite okay anyway you guys have fun she is the freaking cutest I can't wait to hang out with you I hope you enjoy
1: I love Texas
0: I love it everyone loves Texas I've never been there you've never been no but everyone that goes wants to move there i i will never ever leave except
1: right now with the weather when it's still you know freezing cold and my seasonal depression is just you know really trying to go um i'm like hey i just asked my husband this the other day i was like hey do you want to move where it's hot all the time because i see you on your walks and i'm like how is it hot and she's walking i'm like i would die for that right now i was like do you want to move to
0: florida (laughs) I know. I I really I really do appreciate. I feel the same way about South Florida that you feel about Texas. Please. I but I do at the same time. You know, I don't get I don't get seasons. The yeah, only I was way thinking I of that, that. It's
1: just hot all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, yeah, yeah. hurricanes. So I
0: think oh, I'm good. hurricanes are a freaking party, dude. They're so fun. <laughs> we haven't had a good one in a while because I'm on the East Coast. All of the hurricanes mm-hmm. have been hitting the West Coast. Yeah. When you're in Florida, like you're prepared for them, the houses are prepared for them,, yeah, that's and true. then it just turns into a party. you know what's actually beautiful about hurricanes is when you get like a really major hardcore hurricane and the power goes out and you can't go anywhere shopping, and there's like trees blown over so you can't drive anywhere. There's no gas. um you know, the hurricanes pass, but now you're in the aftermath. There's so much community.
1: And I just
0: remember growing up, nobody in my street would have anything and everyone would just sit in their driveways. We'd all listen to the radio together. We would cook out and share food with each other. The kids would play. People are sharing generators. People are sharing water. People are sharing resources. And that's when you like really get to know your neighbors. And you know, it's like an icky time because, well, I never owned a house during a hurricane, but it's an icky time because you have to consider yeah. all the cleanup and all the restoration. But looking from the outside and as someone who like didn't have any skin in the game, I guess, it was really beautiful to see that. I can see that. Yeah, my husband was born in the Houston area, so
1: he has experienced hurricanes before. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what hurricane prep is. I don't know what that looks like. So he is a little more familiar with that than I am.
0: So I I, I really want to start and talk to you about teaching because I've been following you since you were a teacher, which feels like, yeah, what was that, like two <laughs> or three years ago that you left? I was left? just thinking about that today. Yeah, hmm.
1: I put in my resignation two years ago somewhere, like in this month. So,
0: yeah. What were you teaching? How long were you teaching? Did you always want to be a teacher? Why did you leave? so I started and did a half a
1: semester in East Texas right um, about the time I graduated and I did eighth grade math okay. it was good you know whatever but I wanted to come home be with my family so I came back home and, and did high school algebra one and two which is like freshman junior seniors just kind of depends and yeah yeah had a great first had a great first year and I was like I, Love it. I love it here. I love my school. I had the best kids in the world. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. I was so happy. But that summer, I, I guess I never really got fully recharged again because as we went into the 2019 school year, I was not the same. The kids were not the same. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, the the beginning of, which we didn't know at the time, but that was the COVID year, the very first, like right before lockdown. Yes. yes. And that year was absolutely horrible for me. I was when, when they shut down school, they did me a favor. I was like, thank you. My mental health yeah. is is gonna, you know, be so great. And I really need this time off, time off. I really need this space from the classroom, from the children. So it's good. So I went into, you know, that whole COVID summer. I was like, okay, I can do this, I can do COVID, like I'm a new person now, like I'm better, I'm mentally there. So I did, I did the COVID year, which was like half and half, um, you know, in-person technology, whatever it was, it was a shit show, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and so I was like, okay, I can do this. Like I'm, I'm better. I was not better. I got into a very unfortunate situation Uh, and was not very happy. Um, where I was that year was really, really hard. Not only was it the the half and half, it was part of the kids too. were not all there. I was not all there. It was a lot of different factors. And so I was very unhappy and not to mention, I had never fully recovered from that year that I swear I got bamboozled because I was like, I have the perfect kids. I have the perfect school. Like I love it here. I, I swear I got bamboozled because I was like, okay, it hadn't been the same since. So that was really sad because I really loved teaching and had a really strong passion for it. But Mm, no, no, no. The COVID year really was when I was like, okay, I am putting my head down and I am getting out because I had already kind of thinking about pursuing some other career opportunities the 2019 year when we got shut down. But I never fully, you know, went head in on that. And so, because I think COVID happened and I was like, mm, there's too much going on right now. (laughs) Job security, like let's just stay with that. I was doing the kids a disservice because I was no longer, I mean, I was grumpy. I was just like, and I think I was watching people like you on social media. I'm like, Colleen, they're so happy. I'm like, I hate kids, but I don't hate kids. Do you know what I mean? But I'm yeah. like, I hate, I hate my job. I hate kids. And I see the joy and the love that you were, you know, exuding. And I was just like, I want that. And I was that. But that takes so much of my mental and physical energy that I just, I never fully filled that, that bucket back up again. And so I was like, there was nothing I was, so then I was just bitter because I was mad and I had no energy for anybody else.
0: (laughs) And I think that that's, I really admire you, um, for the self-awareness that it took for you to make that decision, because I've always, always said, I'm never going to be one of these grumpy teachers that like looks at me and looks at my joy in the classroom and says, just you wait because it's yeah. that point once that's, once you are bringing that energy into the classroom, you are doing a disservice for the kids and you are preventing them from potentially having a, re- a replacement teacher, another teacher that is passionate and that is joyful to be in there. And that can continue to help them flourish instead of potentially harming them because teachers can do, leave as much of a positive impact as they can a negative one that will last a kid for their entire life. But you always wanted to be a teacher.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. I grew up playing teacher. Oh. I was an only oh. child growing up.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I, I was Really? I think I saw you well, say I mean, that too. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm still, a, you're still an only child. You said I'm an well, only dad, child growing
1: up. Oh, okay. My dad has, Um, I think he'll be 13 this year and then a daughter that will be 10
0: so okay and and I didn't grow up with them
1: so So, yeah so
0: you still have a lot of like only child tendencies and experiences
1: but I was the only child that played teacher in her bedroom or in her guest bedroom with her stuffed animals and whatever like oh my gosh so embarrassing but
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's not embarrassing that's so sweet I want to know where your entrepreneurship came from, because as soon as you left teaching, you were like on it. And yeah, I think I, I saw ahead. that you, you, because you were doing, um, was there a health and fitness coaching period that yes, you did? Yes,
1: I was um, doing And then you training.
0: also did, and you're still doing social media management, yes. like a little yes. bit. Yeah. So you like got on it and you knew what you were doing, and I so admired that. And I want to know where that came from, where that fire came from, and how I'm sure you had to start planning it, like as you were walking out the door of teaching. What was that whole journey like? Yeah. So I think
1: it started more in college when I got my very first little cricket. Do you know what a cricket is? The vinyl cutting machine. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Okay. So I got one of those for Christmas and I was just like,
0: ah, I'm
1: so excited. I'm going to make all the things. And so it starts out, you know, with making a little shirts here and there or some signs. And so, because I've always loved crafting, I guess, growing up, I did a lot of crafting. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. And if you um, have a cricket, you can do a lot of things for your classroom. So I was totally, again, a nerd and obsessed with all of it. So it started more there in... (laughs) I guess at the end of college. Um, and as I entered like the very beginning of adulthood, I was making signs and t-shirts and was just trying to, you know, work some extra, get some extra side money too help us pay off debt, which we can talk about later. Um, so that's kind of where it started. And I have seen, you know, some family members start a business and have that same entrepreneurship. So I was like, yeah, I can do it. No big deal. But it really started that year that I was miserable in the classroom. The very last year, um, I was doing beach funny and I was, you know, making a little bit of money doing that. And I was like, I can do this. Like, I've seen people leave the classroom. I was drinking that MLM juice, and I was chugging it fast. Yes, yes, yes. I I was in deep. Yes, I was. And so I was like, okay. And I had a do. I was doing a couple of other side jobs as well. So I talked with my husband and kind of mapped out, you know, what I needed to make wise to help with the family. And so mm-hmm. I was convinced that I was going to do that MLM. God had other plans, thank God. But yeah, I was knee deep into that. And so I really didn't get to this whole business model until January of 2022. Yeah. So it was almost like a whole, you know, six months after I left the classroom when I was really like, oh, all this stuff that I'm doing on the side, why not just make it as a business and do it for yourself, work for yourself, charge what you want. Um, You know, you're already... I was with with that MLM, if you know you have to like promote yourself sort of thing. So I was like already doing the social media things that I needed to do with for myself for that business. And so I was like, this can translate into anything. I was like, I already have this skill set. So I was like, oh, I'm doing that I'm dropping this. I had dropped that a long time ago because I did not I did not feel aligned anymore. I did not it was not what I was supposed to be. So I had already dropped that and I was like, okay well, let's do it. Let's do it on my own. Like let's do it for other small businesses. And so that's really where that interest
0: and where that spark came from. Well, then I'm grateful that you did do that MLM because it apparently taught (laughs) you a lot. That's exactly what
1: I say to everybody. It was a stepping stone. It was a piece of the puzzle to get me to the next
0: phase. So from that, that then you went to, is that when you went to social media management and like coaching? So I actually
1: stopped the MLM in August of 21. And I was like, all right,
0: well, I don't know
1: what I'm doing anymore. So I need to go get a part-time job. (laughs) I was like stressing. I was like, okay, I need to make money. So I started applying at all these random jobs. And I actually came across a marketing firm here in the area. And I was just doing general admin assistant type work. And I was working 20, 30 hours a week and I was interesting. It was fun. Cause again, I was already marketing myself for my business. So I was like, let's dive into this a little more. I don't have a marketing degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a background before. I am self-taught, self-led, all of that. I've done it all myself. So I was like, sure, let's do it. Sounds fun. And it was fun. It paid the bills. You know, it, it got me to, again, the next step and the next phase of life. And then again, I just was like, so you left teaching to be an entrepreneur and to work for yourself, yet you're now working for somebody else. It's like, you're still not doing yeah. what right. you said you were going to do. So I was like, okay, now we got to go. So I, I ended up quitting the part-time job and just started freelancing and doing all of my own stuff. I, I dropped all of the part-time, well on all of the part-time stuff, but I dropped that going into the office part-time and started running with my own social media management business. And then soon that turned into, okay, I have a story here to share with leading Mm -hmm. teaching, going debt-free, having all this financial freedom and navigating that on my own. There's a story here. There's like a way that you can help others in this same season or in a similar season of life. And so that is what led me to now this coaching area of my business, which I am just excited to dive into deeper, even more.
0: Going back to the marketing thing a little bit more, I'm curious, did you learn all of your skills from that part time job when it comes to social media management?
1: No. I would say I learned a little bit just from, and I wasn't even doing those tasks. I was just around it. So when you're around Mm. stuff, it's easy to listen into conversations or to hear things. Um, so I learned a little bit, but most of it was self-taught. I was already using an email marketing platform for when I had my, when I was a part of the MLM, I was already doing caption writing, hashtag research, posting and learning, you know, about reels, learning what works and what doesn't work on social media. So I was already doing a lot of it myself. Uh, So I would say I learned a little bit. I'm not going to discredit the value that I got from that because I will say there was value in that. It was just another small stepping stone to where I am now. So I'm 1000% thankful for that.
0: Would you mind if I talked a little bit or asked you a little bit about what your social media management like coaching involves.
1: Yeah, I just I just do um social media management for small businesses. So I can help okay. you with your Instagram, your TikTok. I can create a strategy. I can create and edit, you know, reels or TikToks for you if you need help with the ideas, the hooks, the intros, the call to actions. Um, you can film it. I can um edit and write the the text on the screen, I can write the captions for that. Um, and then I can create graphics if that's something that you're wanting
0: to. How long, did you get married young? Pretty young? 2019
1: to, how old was I? I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, four I years think we about the same.
0: Yeah, 24. Okay. So did you both go into marriage with debt? Yes. Already. Yes.
1: Yes, we did. Um, We both went to
0: the same college. So he
1: had, and we both went to grad school. Forgot to mention I was like knee deep in this teaching thing. I went and got my yeah. master's in leadership and I was like,
0: I'm going to be oh, a wow. school
1: administrator. Yeah, <laughs> man. Girl. Girl. Yeah. So not only did I have an undergraduate an undergraduate to pay off, but then, then a master's. And so he just had uh, a master's degree to pay off. So thankfully his parents paid for his undergrad in cash, which mm-hmm. was a blessing. Mm-hmm. So yes, we both had debt.
0: Was it just school debt? School debt.
1: Um, we uh, put our wedding, all the stuff that we paid for, yeah. our wedding on a credit card. Oh, we
0: wow. We can afford that.
1: Um, we bought a house, which we don't have our mortgage paid off, so I never include that. But okay. the same year that we were engaged and got married, we also bought a house. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and what? then what else was it? Oh, and then I had to buy a car soon after we got married.
0: Oh, my gosh. it's a lot and of then- expenses. At one time, yeah. So,
1: just car, and credit cards, and school loans.
0: Hey, I'm super proud of you for owning a house. Thank you. That was a good decision. I'm. It, my husband and I are still renting, and it is bothering him. Which I get. Well, we got and we got in right before
1: this. The market got really crazy. I mean, it was the 2018, so it was right before things started to like take take a weird turn, and prices started to go crazy. So we really, I understand that what. I could buy, you know, four or five years ago is not the same that I can buy now. And I'm thankful that we got what we did.
0: My, I, I'm pretty much the only one that went into my marriage with debt. I had, um, well, I had my car and my credit card and then my husband bought a car. Like, yeah, I guess he had some car debt to pay off. And I was very much like, who cares? Yeah. My credit card's like $2,000, $2,000, but I'll just keep pay- – I pay the minimum, pay, like, $25 over the minimum. Meh. Like, I didn't – I didn't my I didn't really think long-term. Yeah. And he was very much the one that was, like, we need to pay this off ASAP. And he overhauled – well, created the budget – and then prioritized paying off the debt, and is the reason that we are also debt free. And I didn't realize until fairly recently that it's really a big deal to be this young and debt free. Um, so I'm wondering, were were you both on the same page about paying off your debt and the importance of that? when I met my husband and so we, we kind of did do
1: things. I'm sure we did do things young compared to other people. I don't know. Um, because he didn't have a full-time job when we got married, I was a teacher. And so I don't even know how much we made combined, but we did a lot of like big goal things. I didn't want to rent. I wanted to buy a house. So, um, we, we did that. And then he wasn't really making like a, a lot of money or Hardly any money because he was still trying to get established in his career, and so he was the the, the type that would go um, every morning on his way to work, or if he had a break at work because he would work like a morning and then like an evening shift. So instead of going home, he would just go to a coffee shop, or he would go to a coffee shop and buy you know a smoothie, a salad, and a coffee. And this was in our like marriage counseling days, right before we got married. And I'm like, okay, well, let's sit down and let's look at our finances. And I'm like mortified (laughs) at what he's spending money on. (laughs) And I'm like, that's $70 that you just spent in one week at this coffee shop. He's like, yeah, well, I like to get, it was boba tea, I think. he's like oh I love the boba tea so now if we're ever on the highway he goes that's where that, that's where that coffee shop was Megan and I'm like oh don't get me started on the coffee shop so needless to say no he was clueless he didn't care he I mean he had money in his account he would spend it he didn't have any credit cards I don't, I don't know if he you know wanted them or didn't know how to get them but he didn't have credit cards but he, he had money in his account Oh, yeah. swipe. So he, he would have it. Yeah. So he didn't care. Yeah. He was like, great, let's do it. And I'm over here just like, I would never, I would never do that. I'm like, we're supposed to get married. How are we? I'm like sweating right now. I'm like, yeah. how are we going to survive? Like, oh my gosh. So no, I'm very much the numbers. I'm the math teacher. I'm the one that right. my mom started me on the envelope system when I was in like third grade. Of Like you're going to get an allowance. Okay. But here's how you have to spend what? it. You have to go 25% into savings, 10% tithing and giving back, and then whatever the rest is, that's yours. And so I'm like, 20 bucks? I don't even get all of it. What? But she made me do the cash envelope system,
0: yeah. I swear. Who is the person that came up with that? Who's that
1: Um else? I don't know if he came up with it, but he talks a lot about it. Dave Ramsey is one of the, the like big name people.
0: We did envelopes too. Yes, okay. I'm yeah. very it's,
1: familiar. It's very successful for people that that do it. I started, I guess I was scarred from my childhood because I was like, no, I'm not doing envelopes. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> I I would still do it when I was, um, right when I graduated, if I was like saving oh, for God. something. I would be like, okay, let me put this in the envelope so I didn't have it in my account to see it, to spend it or anything. But now I don't do the envelope oh, here's system. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. We don't either. Now that we've yeah. got everything. paid, You are so good. I completely <laughs> identify with him. Even when we were in the middle of paying off debt, which was in the middle of COVID, um, I would go to like the pool and I would bring my little wine and tan and sit on my phone and just buy crystals on my credit card and try to hide them from my husband because they were like on my credit card Um, and then they would show up and he would get so upset and have to like reconfigure the budget. And you know, we did marriage counseling too. So we did a lot of, there wasn't like resentment or yelling or like, it was okay. How are we going to, how are we going to move forward from your freaking obsessive crystal buying? And it got to the point where he had to revoke my credit card And I still don't have my credit card. Like the account was never closed, (laughs) but I just could not, I would not stop buying crystals. And he said, I'm revoking your credit card. I'm taking it. I'm hiding it. He's so lucky I didn't have that thing memorized because I think the reason it took us so longer than it would have otherwise to pay off debt is because I just kept sneaking around behind his back buying crystals from these live crystal shows. And obviously I was like, it's COVID. I have to support these small businesses. So I'm doing a service very bad. So how, how did you get Ramiro on board?
1: I think a lot of it started in that marriage counseling period, because another thing that he did was we got engaged. And then like a week later he went and bought this laptop and put it all on a credit card, and didn't, and didn't, like, say anything about it, and I found out about oh, it, I was no. just, like, yeah, oh, he didn't tell no. me, and I found out about it, and I was, like, well, how did you pay that, and he was, like, oh, I just put it on this, like, best buy credit card or something, and I was just, like, you know, I think, I think that would be something that we should talk about, right, like, oh.
0: He is I so say, funny. He's, oh, he's hilarious, like,
1: he's, he's a who, yeah, um, I, I tell everybody this, like the, the engagement people will say how great of a time it was. I was like, okay, the engagement period was not fun. Marriage counseling was hard. I mean, we like, we boxed it out. Like, what are we going to need to work through? Like, we're going to work through it now before we get married. So it was not my favorite time of, you know, adulthood, but that was one of the things. He's very trusting and he believes in me in all aspects of life. And I love that for him. And so I think really, if If I were to ask him, he would probably say, she just knows what she's doing. You know, she's the numbers person. He never got, he never got taught a lot of things about money or finances or how to save, or nobody sat him down and gave him an allowance and said, okay, here's your envelopes, (laughs) Romero. Here's what you need to do with them. So he didn't know or learn any of that stuff. And so he's just trusted me along the way because, I was the one that was able to buy the, our house. Like it had to go in my name and my name only when we first, you know, got started because he didn't have a good credit and he couldn't afford it. And so, you know, I guess from that point on, he was just like, yeah, you know what you're doing? I trust you. Like, let's go. Like I'm, I'm That's down. Awesome. Yeah. So he's, okay. he's amazing. Cause he's always like that, which is a blessing.
0: <laughs> Cutie. Okay. So you, so you get to the point, what is this? Probably. After you get married and you put the wedding on the credit card and you bought your car, you're like, okay, we need to sit down and we're starting and we're paying this off. What did that look like? What was the immediate like budgeting system? Things we're eliminating, things we're changing in our daily lives. So I'm very motivated by goals. I'm
1: very Enneagram three. Are you an Enneagram person?
0: I think I'm a two.
1: Okay, I can see that. I'm I'm a three wing two, so I lean that okay. way sometimes. Okay. Um, but I'm very goal oriented, and so the the wedding credit card is what I call it till to this day the wedding credit card. Uh, the interest was going to start because it was interest free. Thank goodness. Oh. Because I'm like, oh, okay. I can do that. Like I can have that paid off. It was going to start in November, and so I was like, all right, this is our first big goal because credit card interest is ridiculous. If anybody ever pays it no, please don't like oh my gosh, figure out a way to stop it because a car payment, that's fine. That's doable. But credit cards are like 17 to 30% interest. I'm like, Oh, oh it just, it makes me <laughs> think it's, that's really, it's really hard. So that was our first big goal. Um, and what did we do? So I'm trying to, let me, let me go back to 2019. So he worked a part-time job or he worked, he was only working part-time as his full-time job. And then, so he would pick up any, like he was a, a personal trainer at the time. So he would pick up any extra tra- training sessions that he could. Um, I was selling signs and t-shirts and coaching club volleyball, doing private lessons. I was, that was when the entrepreneur stuff really got started. Cause I was like, look, we have debt to pay off. Like I, I mean, we had a mortgage, we had all these things to pay for. And I'm like, and he was wasn't making full-time income so I was like we I don't know we got we've got to do what we got to do like that's hard if you're the only person that is making consistent full-time income he was sometimes right. a check was this much sometimes a check was that much so I was like all right we'll, we'll figure out how to budget based on inconsistent income yeah. so let's just say that summer was a very hot summer in our house because the electric bill <laughs> we've had this conversation before but yeah, yeah yeah the electric bill was very very low um we so things that like we've never paid for like a yard guy we've never paid for a yard guy which I think is a luxury I don't know I but I don't do yard work I make my husband do it but I could <laughs> so we didn't pay for simple luxuries like that now we I'm like no we're we're not doing that anymore but anyways so that we didn't have a yard guy we would be very strategic about what car we take because I have the more gas saving Mm.
0: car and he
1: has a truck. So we would do stuff like that. Um, We did not do a summer vacation. We didn't do any vacations that year. I don't think we were just very like hesitant on, can we go out with friends and, and have a a bite to eat or can we go out for ourselves and do date night? Date nights were not a thing. Date nights were like, (laughs) if we're going to do a date night, it's going to be with like a group of people so that we can like kind of do both a date and hang out with people. (laughs) So it was just like, no, I can't do that. So we really just tried to cut back on all of our expenses and we don't, we wouldn't buy a lot of things. Thankfully though, once I got him off of that boba tea that he was doing, he really wasn't a spender come to find out. He just likes to eat. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I can make good food. I can like treat you to some tea every so often. I'm like, that's all you had to say. He just likes food, but I can't get him to buy, you know, new socks if they've all got holes in them. Like, yes. He's that type yes. of guy. I'm like, okay, honey, no, I'm going to throw these out now. And he's like, oh, please only only one hole. I'm like, no, baby. <laughs> no, like, I can afford socks. Like,
0: we can get you some socks. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> so, here, the once hole. I cut
1: that one habit, he was really, like, he was really good. So, we and I'm not, I mean, I'm, he'll say I'm the spender. I mean, I probably am. I'm sure I am. So, it was just up to me, and I don't, I can manage without, you know, clothes or whatever. So,
0: what were your like you said you were very goal oriented so did you have like a goal of how much you wanted to pay off every month? What did those um, goals look like financially?
1: So in the very beginning we were just striving for that one credit card. And so here's the other thing too. We were always saving a little bit of money on the side too every single month. So it was like we would put a little bit towards debt but we would also save a little bit, which sometimes can be counterintuitive, but for you know, him and I, we were just like, just in case, like, just in case we wanted a safety net of, you know, if anything were to happen and we just, sometimes it's just good to have cash on demand. I, I don't know. You need to go bail somebody out of jail. They you have cash. I'm just kidding. But you never nope. know. It happened to me before. <laughs> oh my gosh. No way. Oh, but yeah, funny. no,
0: it's so important. My husband always was like, we're paying off debt and we're saving. We have yep. to be, we have to be putting stuff away. Even if it's a little bit, ideally like we'll never, be able to put away more no. once we pay it off. Exactly. Correct. I mean, COVID is such an important example. Yep. Yeah. I was always
1: taught that you need to have six months of your living expenses and yes.
0: your savings
1: account. And so we were always like semi striving for that goal. And whether we used our savings or not, at least it was there as a cushion in case anything, any type of emergency. Because I always say, you know, when you own a house, I'm like, if your air goes out, like your electricity, or not your electricity, your your air. I guess it is electricity. But if your air goes out, how are you going to pay for it? I'm like that just happened to us this past summer. We had to pay a two thousand oh. dollar electric oh. or a two thousand dollar bill to get our air fixed. And I'm like, you don't just put, you can't like, you can't just pull money out of thin air. It's like this is. I know. And the savings, an emergency fund. Um, so we were always doing both of those hand in hand, paying off towards a credit card and saving. And so I think when my deadline came for that first credit card, I I'm sure it was only like a thousand or two left, mm-hmm. and I think I just pulled it from savings and was like, "All right, done.
0: We'll just oh, build back our savings." Yeah. yeah, that must have been felt so good because like that was one, It was one, was one major. Yes. was one major thing paid off. So it seems like within your relationship, the paying off debt was pretty good. There weren't many like hardships in your relationship because you're both on board. You're both working toward the same goal.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And I think a lot of that has to do with marriage counseling because had we not gone to marriage counseling, had we not had those hard conversations? Because I think our marriage counselor, counselor even said, okay, this week is money, Like, bring a budget and let's talk about, you know, what y'all are going to do, what this is going to look like. And so getting over that hill is what set the foundation for our entire marriage because, I mean, we don't really have money disagreements. It's like, hey, how do we want to use this? How do we want to spend this? Or, hey, your spending or my spending is kind of getting out of hand. Like, let's, you know, get that back in check, but there's no fights. We don't fight about anything. I would never go make a extravagant purchase without telling him and vice versa, so we we would very much be like, okay, you know, hundred dollars, that's fine, two hundred dollars, but I'm gonna say right after, hey, I had to pay the blank, or I had to do the blank. I'm not just gonna go out and buy a an, a new truck or something because I just want right. to,
0: because that would no, uh, my cause god, a problem, I'm sure. <laughs> just with marriage counseling in general, there are so many questions and issues and situations that you're faced with and have to at least come up with a temporary solution for or agreement on before you face them that otherwise you would never have considered. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. Um, What was I going to say? I just lost my train of thought. And it's almost like you're practicing these conversations for when they end up do coming up and you're, you know, he, whoever is doing your counseling or whatever you go through is giving you these tools to revert back to because I mean, mm-hmm. to this day it's only been four years, but my husband and I are like, okay, remember what we learned in marriage counseling four years ago about communication, acu- oh, yeah. communication and about expectations. Like we need to now be implementing that still to this day, whether we've had to or not um, because that's, what's going to get us through whatever hump that we're on or whatever we're going
0: through. That is such a good point. I didn't even consider we are still, we still do try to consistently um, revert back to what we learned in our counseling classes. I can't tell you how many times we'll come to each other. These are the, the big things in our marriage, not that they're problems, but they're always things that we're addressing, our yeah. resentment and kind of like blowing, quote, blowing up at each other. So we are always practicing radical honesty and racing to apologize like who can be the first to apologize the other night he got upset with me for for something he was um, oh I didn't close the door it was like something very small and he was on a meeting and the baby was making noise and I forgot to close the door and he was stressed and he was like can you close the freaking door and he closed it and he came back from the gym later and he was like I'm sorry that I yelled at you for not closing the door. And then there will be times when I'll come out to the living room, I'll be like, Robbie, I have something to tell you. I have been resenting you and growing resentment for X, Y, and Z. And it's it's been an absolute blessing for us to, as soon as a problem arises, address it. This is how I'm and this is another thing that we've learned. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad we're talking about this. Is if I'm upset about something, it's not my spouse's problem. That's my problem. Mm, I'm upset with you. That's me. So coming at it from that angle, um, being able to immediately say, this is how I'm feeling. Um, This is what has upset me. This is what would make me feel better. How can we both move forward together through this and addressing resentment when it comes up and being quick to apologize about. Anything, no matter how small it is, I think is the key to preventing any type of negative buildup in your relationship, which obviously slowly wedges its way into separating your individual so relationship. I just blacked out during that whole thing. So I don't know what I said. You're good. One of the verses that we,
1: we pray together every night in one of the verses is quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger. And that describes it perfectly. Um, because I'll, I'll feel the same way. I'm like, hey, I just want to get this out on the table and tell you how I'm feeling, so that we can squash it and move on. And he's having to learn that it's okay for us to say something like that. We talk about it real quick, and for it to be done, because he sometimes be like, "Well, are you upset?" I'm like, "I'm not upset. I just want to talk about it, and so we can move on." Like, I just if I because I'm holding in like all of this stuff. Yeah. And I just, want to get it out on the table so that I can be water under another bridge. And he's like, well, you're mad. I need to fix it. And I'm like, no, there's nothing that needs to be done. Like, let's just talk about it and move on. He's like, okay, okay,
0: okay, okay. I get him. It has taken me so long to not be like, oh my God, you're mad at me. Yeah. I did yeah, something that's what wrong. I'm like, I'm not mad. I feel a certain way, which I'm allowed to feel.
1: I want to yep. vocalize it. So I'm not internalizing it. Cause then I'm getting just mad in my own head. I'm like,
0: <laughs> yeah. and then you're having like all of those unfair conversations, yes. playing out conversations and situations that your partner yes. isn't even there to defend themselves for, which is so unfair. Yes. yes. Okay. It's, sorry for getting yeah. on a tangent. I'm very passionate about premarital counseling and all of those things. Yes. Okay. So Same. before we get to you, the the grand finale of you finishing paying off debt, what were the biggest challenges through that year long journey? What were the hardest parts? So we didn't get,
1: I mean, in total, we've been married for, I'll say we've been married for four years, but the paying off part was three and we paid off 70 to 75 in the three years that we were together. It was that last year that we really put our head down. Cause I was like, look, I'm leaving the classroom, whether we like it or not. So what do we need to do? And paying off debt was one of those things. And so thankfully he had gotten a job at a school so his pay was close to mine now so we were both finally making full-time income it was very very helpful he was you know he was now bringing in more than part-time money which was such a blessing
0: and consistent
1: so, yes he was now on i he's not a teacher but he's he, coaches PE or he teaches PE and then he does strength and conditioning so he's on the same teacher schedule he's on the same he gets paid like a teacher so it's very much teacher risk if you will mm-hmm. um and so what was the biggest challenge i want to say like that, that last year that we were really aggressive about the $53,000 um, was wasn't super challenging it wasn't super difficult it was the years leading up to that mm. because He was doing part-time money or part-time jobs or part-time income, whatever. And then he got a job at a gym doing personal training as he was still trying to further his education. So the money was better. So it's like he had continued taking these step ups, steps up, steps up. Mm -hmm. Um, But then COVID happened and his gym got shut down. So he lost his job. And so it was that COVID period. So the year prior Ooh. where I was just like we were making all this progress, you know, with him mm-hmm. like taking all of these steps up and what what are we gonna do? Like what is next? Because we can't, you know, his gym job was he would train clients at four or five AM and then he would be training clients at seven PM all to make hourly basically income it was just like okay this is not sustainable for any of us then he got let go and then he's home all the time with me and I'm like all right what are you doing with your life what's going on like (laughs) gyms aren't open what what are we doing and that was whenever he got that the job that he has now which was a a big blessing and so I think it was all the years before that being broke broke I mean we're very blessed and very thankful but you know being broke and having to live so minimal and so like frugal Mm -hmm. because we have a mortgage payment. We have a car payment. Like we have all these things that can't, you can't let slip through the cracks for even a minute. And so once he started making full-time money that next year, I was just like, okay, we just lived two years off of X amount of money. And now you're making double what you were making. I was like, so why don't we put all of our efforts into paying off this big goal and living like we were before and just knock it out, get it done. that way I can step away because he sees and saw how miserable I was, how unhappy I was. I was, my mental health was very, very bad. I was crying all the time. I was, I was like, I'm not having a kid in the classroom, like a, a baby and being the teacher. I was like, I'm oh. not doing any of these things. Um, so he was like, all right, I support you. If you want to walk away, then do it, figure it out, figure out how to do it. And so I am the one that was like, all right, I I wouldn't call myself the breadwinner, but I was the one that had the big, you know, financial money, the consistent, the stability. And then I walked away from all of it. And now it was like terrifying because the world was at my hands and I could do anything I wanted, but none of it was going to be consistent anymore. Like it is if you're a classroom teacher. And so That was scary, Um, but we still managed to um, live within our means and pay off that debt. And then when we got to the end of the year, I was like, all right, we have a couple thousand dollars left on the school loans. Let's just pay the rest of it
0: from savings and we'll be done. So that's what we did. I know it was a challenge, but so much of a blessing to go from the two years of living um, so frugally, and then once you're both making so much, well, he's making so much more money to just continue like that instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm making so much more money. Let's go out and have date nights. Let's go out with friends more often. And then having to revert to going back to being on such a back. strict budget, it must—it was so much easier to just continue it was to a, live a balance. Frugalies. It was a balance, really, of like, okay, we're making
1: better money, so now because I'm very much a firm believer of we're not going to be miserable while trying to pay off debt. We're not going to, you know, nitpick every little thing and like, just be annoying Mm. about money because that's Mm. not fun for us. That's not fun for Mm. other people that we're around or that we're with. And so it was very much a balance of, look, we're going to do everything within reason. Are we going to go and book a, a very nice, expensive vacation? No, but Do we want a road trip and celebrate our, you know, I think it was our one year anniversary that COVID year. I was like, can we afford to drive, you know, a couple of hours away and stay somewhere and bring all of our own food and like do things that are still fun and affordable, but still that would still get out and do the things that we want. Um, so it was a bounce. So whenever he did get that job, it was like, okay, we can splurge a little bit. Like we finally have the means to not have our AC on 70 or six or whatever. So we were like, okay, great. We can drop that. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my priority. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we started doing that. I was getting my nails done because that was something that I wanted to do. And Mm -hmm. so, um, it was nice. Yeah. Um, Did we have to go back a little bit to some of those things that we were doing when I left the classroom? Yeah, a little bit. I just looked at. So here's the thing. I gave up the nails, but I still get my lashes done. So <laughs> I still have a bad habit. <laughs> yeah, I still have yeah. for me, so I don't care. Um, but we were just like, you know, we just, we didn't go back. to We didn't go living this life of luxury. We very much lived with what we were and lived within our means, but compromised on things like, okay, now we can have our air at a reasonable temperature, especially when you're pregnant, you're hot all the time. Oh God. And I was not sleeping hot and uncomfortable. So I was like, nope, crank it down, crank it down. I don't care what it costs.
0: Crank it down. Yes. Oh my God. I was wet. Like the second half of my pregnancy every night, just wet, (laughs) sweaty. So what, your um so then this and then recently you paid off your debt and then recently this became you are doing debt free ceo yes so i how it started
1: work? it started about a year ago i was like man i just have such a powerful story here and i have this experience that i have lived through and i know how much it's helped me and i want to figure out a way to help others as well how do i do that i feel like everything in my life is I'm looking at this big picture and I'm trying to figure out what puzzle pieces from previous situations or previous life experiences can go and plug in to make this next step for me. And so that's what I sat on, you know, while I was pregnant and navigating running a business and navigating, trying to have a baby. Um, and so really at the beginning, at the end of last year, beginning of this year, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to help others do the exact same. So I do a couple of different things. I offer one-on-one strategy calls for anybody that wants to go debt-free or anybody that wants to backtrack or reverse engineer their goals, their money goals to get them to X, Y, or Z. I had a friend message me and was like, you should offer these calls for stay at home moms or people that don't want to go back to the classroom after their maternity leave. And I was like, that's exactly what I did. I looked at, I looked back and I was like, okay, how much money do I need to make? How much money do I need to pay off so that I don't have to pay myself or that I don't have to worry about this debt and what do I need to make so that we can you know, survive. So one of the things that offers a one-on-one call with me to sit down and either map out that path to go debt free or, figure out how to bring yourself or your spouse home. If you want to work and he doesn't want to work, whatever your goals are. Um, and then I offer monthly coaching with me. So Similar to we sit down and do that one on that first one-on-one call, but then you're gonna get that extended support, whether that be for 30 days, 60, 90, if you want to do six months, it really just depends. Um, because what we found was after we sit down and I create this path for you to get to your next you know goal or your next phase in life, it's like okay, well, where's that support and that accountability? Like now you have to implement it. And sometimes that can be hard if you don't have somebody in your corner, either talking, strategizing or encouraging you along the way. And so that's where my coaching comes in into place. And, And then the last thing, which is still very super in the works, but I am going to be creating a course that basically walks people from my step one to now my step 10. We'll just say step 10. So from, being in the classroom if you're wanting to leave the classroom or if you're in a job or career that you do not like and helping you walk all the way through to starting your own business and creating that budget and helping you on the path to debt-free or helping you get debt-free before (laughs) you decide to leave the classroom, whatever it is that your goal is. That is in the works right now and I am super excited.
0: I'm super excited about that. That sounds very valuable for so many people. Why is it important for a young person who's maybe thinking the same way I did, why is it important for them to prioritize prioritize paying off debt? I think it just depends.
1: She was just talking. Um, I think it just depends on your goals. I know for me, when I graduated college and I got out into the real world, I was like, "Look, I don't want to, I don't want to pay rent and throw money down the drain every month." So I was like, "So let me see if I can buy it." but I think what happens is sometimes people sometimes people get them in these situations and it's not too late but they've dug themselves into a bigger hole than than they thought possible and so now they're having to help themselves get out of debt so then they can buy that house if that's their goal or vice versa um, and I think it just goes to goes back to your money can be powerful if it's a use right and so some people don't care about going debt-free or they don't care about how their money's being used. And you know what? If you have money that is unlimited, help yourself, whatever you do, you, that is not the case for me. And that is not the case for the average person. And so it's good for you. It's good for you as a young person or as an older adult to know how your money's being used. And if your money is being thrown away every month by the credit card interest that you're paying Or sometimes people have like banking fees that they don't know, or they go to just a general ATM and they to pull out cash. And it's like, that's expensive. That's like $3 every time to pull out cash from an ATM. Like it's just like money that's being thrown away and down the, that's been thrown down the drain that could actually be used towards Mm -hmm. something more powerful and something that could help them and their family and their financial future, whether that be buying a house or buying a car or saving for your child's college fund. I mean, things that maybe you as a young adult didn't have the opportunity, you know, I didn't have a college fund. So if I can do things now as I'm young and younger and save and and be smart with my finances for my future, for my child, then I'm going to do that.
0: And okay. I think it's a great way to frame frame it that I never considered is those $3, those banking fees, I never even considered, like, when I'm making my credit card payment, I'm I'm making an interest payment. And I'm making, yeah. like, I don't know what, like, 10% is going to my principal amount. That's just – that adds up. That's so just money much. that is being – that is just disappearing. And if, if you can eliminate that interest, those banking fees, the, the fees that you get from like having to pull out money at a random ATM at the nail salon to pay a tip, oh, like goodness. that could all add up to, that could add up to rent. Exactly. That could end up, that could add up to potentially paying off the entirety of the credit card. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: And so there's a difference between good debt and bad debt. Some of it's necessary, but the things that are unnecessary is you just have to get into the thinking of if I have to put this on a credit card, meaning I don't physically have the money in my account to pay for it, then you probably shouldn't buy it. Like if it's a pair of shoes or whatever. I mean, if it's something that you need to survive, then that's different and your circumstances are different. But if it's a want and not a need, then and you don't have the money in your account, then then you shouldn't be doing it. And that is where people get themselves into these deep holes of like, oh, well, I want this and I want that. Okay, well, we want a lot of things. <laughs> Let's just be oh honest. That's easy for us. But being disciplined and knowing the difference between a want and a need and getting to that root you know, issue of, well, why do you want that pair of shoes? Something else is clearly unfulfilled in your life that you need to address mm-hmm. because the shoes mm-hmm. is – could could maybe not you know that may not be the thing that's going to fix it, but go address something else that's going on further and deeper in your heart. That's going to help you more than the pair of shoes.
0: Oh my god, what a good point! I don't. So I'm looking back, and I don't know why I impulse bought that crystal wind chime. <laughs>
1: But really like buying stuff makes you feel good sometimes. So it's like, okay, why do you need these material things to feel good? What is lacking? It's like, let's address that first. Let's go to that root problem. And let's figure that out because it's going to save you money, I promise.
0: So what are some quick things that if someone wants to start paying off debt and they, they don't, they're not really good at budgeting. They don't have like, they're not like money minded. What are just some quick, easy things that they can do implement now? that aren't going to, aren't going to be too big, but are going to add up that can start knocking that down.
1: So if you don't know how much you make every single month, which I mean, if you're a teacher, you get paid once a month and you're like, okay, my check is $2,000, whatever it is. I don't know. Then that's easy for you. But if you're somebody that has, you know, side jobs or inconsistent income, then I want you to take a look back at 30 or 60 days prior. So look at February, January, see how much money you've made. And then I want you to look at your expenses, go through January and February and see, okay, I spent this much on crystals. I spent this much at the grocery store. Okay. One is higher than the other.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. I'm
1: just kidding. And so, okay, we need to address that, but go and look back at your expenses for the month prior and kind of get a gauge of like, wow, I'm spending a thousand dollars at the grocery store and I am spending $200 at Starbucks a month. Like, I don't even make that much money. Like, okay, that's a problem, right? So go back into the month prior and look at how much you're spending. And if you're over, then see what you need to cut out. That should be like a red flag or a big realization of like, okay, the Starbucks trips have got to stop or the crystal buys have got to stop. And, and then look into the next month and be like, okay, I'm going to make like a rough budget of just like, um, maybe, you know, $600 for the grocery store. If I was spending, you know, $500 on crystals, maybe I only do a hundred. I don't know if you feel like you can't just go cold Turkey. I'm a cold Turkey person, but if you feel like you need to like ease your way into it, then, then start making those type of goals for yourself. And then, the next month try to follow it if you you know know that your grocery budget's only five six hundred dollars and you're like okay maybe I don't need to buy I don't know things that are expensive at the grocery store is like avocados um like what else there's like so much expensive food and I'm like okay that's a luxury food to me so I'm like if we really are at our budget I'm like then maybe we don't buy it because if it I had my wish I would buy the five dollar half a gallon Costco orange juice. That's like freshly squeezed and tastes perfect. I'm like, okay, but that's expensive. (laughs) We can't afford that every time. So anyways, I just got on a tangent there, but looking at those, um, those, what is it called? Those little spending categories and trying to stay within them the next month. And that way you may come to find that you have a hundred, 200, 300 extra dollars that you can then put towards that credit card. And that ends up saving you money in the long
0: run. It's going to be hard to do this because looking at your spending from the last sixty to ninety days is convicting, or even thirty days. Oh, that takes a, that takes a little bit of mental preparation. I I I have never even there was I was going to Starbucks every single morning on a work day um, for years before school. Sometimes even going to my lunch break and like getting even more coffee. Still, never added up that amount. And sometimes how does your husband with the budget, how does he
1: prepare for that or how do how do you guys navigate that?
0: Well, I I don't go to Starbucks anymore because I'm not going to school, so I don't need anything in my hand and I'm like I do my my coffee at home. I'll go to Starbucks sometimes. Um, um, Mm -hmm. but he had to budget for for the Starbucks spending um and maybe that's what took place of my my crystal buying but we we were really grateful cuz there were some things that I just couldn't i i for whatever my my time at starbucks was like it was it was it was kind of ritualistic it was like a meaningful part of my morning I would go out of my way. I would drive by the beach. It was my quiet time. I had all my friends at Starbucks. I would know. I knew the baristas. I knew the old men sitting outside. We would chat it up. We would catch up. So that was just like an important part of community for me. So I, I think as part of the budget development, he had Susie's fun money yeah. envelope. And that's where that came out of.
1: And that's what I want others to understand too is you don't i'm not necessarily saying that you can't go to starbucks i am one think everything should be in moderation but two if it's in the budget how about it um it's where people don't they don't create these um parameters or these boundaries Mm -hmm. for themselves so then they just are like every morning swipe 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 and they realistically can't afford it. And then they're in this hole or they're in a heap of trouble. And it's like, okay, maybe I just go a couple times a week, not every morning. Or I plan for it so that I know that I have. this is my Starbucks money. Once it runs out, it runs out. So
0: okay. So I end every episode by asking my guests three, qu- five questions that I come okay. up just for them. Um, I hate answering questions on the spot. So I try to keep that in mind. So they're not like too hard, but they're a little bit fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is something that you could always go shopping for?
1: Mm. Not including food. Cause I can always eat. Nope. <laughs> um, probably a pair of like Nike or Adidas shoes. I love a good pair of like running type shoes or just like workout type shoes. Um, any athletic wear? Yes, I love to be comfortable. I am not the cute fashionista I am. Am I going to be comfortable all day? Because I'm going to wear that if I am.
0: Nice. nice. Um, what is something from your paying off debt phase that you actually enjoyed and kept as part of your habit? The
1: way I do the budget and the way that I like calculate everything to see if we're over or under for the month, I still do that the same.
0: Okay, so you still keep a budget. You're yeah. not just oh, like yes. willy-nilly now that you've paid it off.
1: No, 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 no. I let my husband do it, which and then I oversee it cuz I let him kind of take charge and do do the reins and I just kind of like check in. I'm like, oh,
0: yeah, we, we're good. Everything's good this month." So he's doing the budget now?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't have they don't have the energy to do it. And I'm actually like, my game is slipping a little bit because I forgot that I had bought something on a card and I didn't pay the bill because I'm busy being a mother and distracted. And I got, I finally saw the email notification and I was like, oh crap. And I had to pay the amount. I had to pay the late fee and I had to pay interest. And I told my husband about it. He's like, man, you're off your game. I was like, I know, what is that? I I would never ever have done that in the past. But I'm like, man, being a mom is so, oh my gosh, I'm not the same anymore.
0: (laughs) Oh, I know. I get it. Hey, the the student has become the teacher. I am truly proud of him. Yes. For now overseeing the budget. You trained him well. Yes. Thank you. you. Do you prefer bonfires or fireplaces?
1: Oh, no. Fireplace. Because I... (sighs) don't prefer like smelling like smoke because then you have to take a shower and wash your hair. That's a good
0: point. That's a good point. Do you have a health and wellness practice that you must do every day or weekly <laughs> or monthly? Um
1: pre uh baby? Oh my gosh! I have oh, all these, all these routines. Yeah, I had. I was a very routine person, and I would every morning wake up and I would write my daily affirmations. I would mm. write the things I'm thankful for. I would work out, and I would get my day started. Now, as a mother, I um, wake up when she wakes up, and I try to survive breastfeeding. And uh, there's no workout to be had because I can, um, already, I can barely keep up with my appetite as a breastfeeding mother that if I work Mm. out, I'll be twice as hungry. So, um, that is on my, that is on my to-do list every day. I'm like, okay, this tomorrow will be the day. Tomorrow will be the day. And I'm like, you know what, if I don't have like this practice until I'm done breastfeeding, I'm okay. But I do try to walk when the weather is good. Uh, I'm like, no, we're going to get outside. Yeah. So that's right did my only wellness.
0: Well, that's so important, though. I didn't realize until after I had the baby how important it is to be outside. And now it's yes. gotten to a point where I crave our walks. Being in the fresh air, I mean, it, it, it sets me up for such better sleep. And then not to mention how important and how beneficial the low-intensity movement and exercise is has on my mental health and how it has just changed my body and how I feel in my body. Love that for you. That is a wellness practice that has yes. multiple benefits. Pumping is a a full-time job.
1: It is, but I actually like it better. When she was on the booth, I it was too anxious for me. I was it was you no. Know, I felt too attached and I was like, okay, but I physically, I need to be detached at some point in time. And so it was very much just too much for me. I was
0: like, I can't be the only one that can feed her. No. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah, no, too much for me. I can't handle it. You have me on the go. Um, do you have like the LVs or something similar to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a oh my a gosh, that like that. Yeah. Changes everything.
1: It does. And then I have the the pumpables, the little one that you can clip on to your body. And then I have a spectra. So of all three,
0: I got, Oh, that's so great. I was exclusively pumping for like the first seven and a half weeks. And I'm just like lugging my spectra around with me or well for the first, and then I was still, and then after he was on the boob, I was still pumping and pumping extra for people. And I'm just like, walking around with the spectra. I'm getting caught on doorknobs. I'm like, wait, you would, you would hold that in your hands while you're walking around? Yeah. Your well, for the first, for like the first, honestly, many months, I would just sit with the spectra and just not be able to do anything. And then I was like, okay, I got to get stuff done. So I would, yeah, I would walk around. I would go to the kitchen. I would start like cutting up things and have to like move it onto the oh counter, move it over gosh. here. Like, oh, and then bend down and like pick it up from the counter and bring it down with me <laughs> so it didn't pop off. <laughs> ah! It was the bane of my existence for a while. And then what's the the last one is, what is the best part about being a mom? Oh, it's all
1: really, really beautiful. And I underestimated every single aspect of it and every single journey um, and, and everything about motherhood, if I'm being completely honest. But I just love that there's a tiny human that we created and seeing the love and the joy in her eyes when she looks at us or whenever she knows that we are everything to her is like, I love that. I love that you. I need to be needed that much, I guess, or that I'm she just loves you so much. And when people when people will say, like, oh, she has her eyes on mama, I'm like, yeah, she does. <laughs> I'm Aww. like, oh, she misses Mama. I'm like, yeah, she does. I'm like, that is my like we are connected forever. Never. I just yeah. her, so I just love that. She's like my little best friend forever. The there
0: are life. four things that were always that that have shown me that, that were just huge milestones for me with a baby. One, um, When they start to uh, smile at you intentionally. When they look at you and they recognize you and they Mm -hmm. smile. The next one was when they can start reaching for you. Um, And then, oh, maybe I don't have a fourth one. And then Hawthorne just started crawling. And when I come in the door and he starts crawling (gasps) to me. oh! Ah! Well, that is all I have for you. Tell us where we can... Find you. Um, if we want to s- seek out your services, what do we need to do? Give me all the things. St- pimp yourself out. Oh
1: my gosh. So on all social media, it's just Megan Mendez underscore underscore. Um, and then my website is just meganmendez.com where you can see a little bit more about me. You can see my services. Um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram. Facebook, but not really on Facebook. Nobody, use, nobody, our age uses Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Instagram and TikTok is Megan Mendez underscore underscore. <laughs> yes, yeah, I just started a podcast, The Debt Free CEO. It is on all of the podcast streaming, streaming. What is it called? Platforms. Thank you. Streaming platforms. So go check that out. It is um, the Debt Free CEO. So yeah. What can we expect from the podcast? <laughs> You are going to hear more about my story. You're going to learn tips to go debt free. You're going to learn about maybe if you want to leave the classroom, if you're a teacher. Um, I'm just going to, my goal is to give you tangible tips and action items that you can implement immediately and hopefully learn a thing or two from someone that has
0: been around. Awesome. Thank you so much for sitting with me, Megan. This was so much fun. This was so easy. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Unbranded with Misty Loves You. I had a lot of fun talking to Megan and I know that she had a lot of value to offer all of you guys and a lot of value to offer me as well. If you like this episode and you like the podcast and you like hanging out every week, please subscribe, share this episode with your friends, make sure more people get it in their hands, rate, review, all the things that you do with podcasts, it means so much to me. It brings me so much joy. It makes me giddy. I jump up and down. It's really ridiculous. I think that you guys are the best. Miss team loves you. I hope you have the best day ever. Same time next week. Bye.